How's it internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa. And this time I'm not looking at my notes where everything is not made up. And there definitely is no point in 2018. Well done. Yeah, I suppose usually you read that off, uh, notes. off, off, off the notes. And, um, so for our listeners, this week is going to be our 2018 retrospective. It's our last episode which of the year. Which is now an official thing. Which is now an official thing. We'll be doing it every year for the rest of time. And as a very welcome change, we're actually in the same room together. In the same room, I will be posting evidentiary proof of this life-changing moment. Yeah, it does also mean I can't give you as much crap, because now you can actually punch me in the face. And you can't edit out stuff because you don't just have my audio, it's combined audio. Yeah, it's fine. I can make a plan. So, how's it going, El? How's your year been? Year's been, I think the right word is turmoil. Yeah. It has been, it has been very busy. Very busy. I think it's the most, most travel, I wouldn't call it the most travel, but I've had travel issues, I've had every type of issue that you can think of, I've had this year. Madness. But, but, it's ending on a good note. Yes. Year's ending well. We are finally, finally, the conversations are changing. Yeah. Which is for me, and it started two, three years ago, with people starting to think solution and not technology. I saw that at uh, the SHARE conference, being at the Mintex booth. So a lot of that conversation has changed. And give you a perfect example. I do sessions on Azure Information Protection, which is now called Microsoft Information Protection. It's a big umbrella, right? And typically, I'd expect four people in my room. That's the audience, right? Because I'm kids. At SharePoint Saturday Redmond, Office 365 Saturday Redmond, I had 54 people in there. Nice. Why? Because the technology is becoming ubiquitous. Everyone is, like Microsoft says, sharing with confidence. Is that so everyone wants to share with confidence. We have to give our users the power to share, but we still want to lock down content. Yeah. Instead of stopping them from sharing, let them, but still manage our content and share. So for me, this year has been really about users growing up. It's either that or like Jeff Huey says, he wrote an article about two years ago about the millennial workforce, the millennials coming into the workforce, and that's probably the biggest change, uh, ambassador of change in organizations. Yeah, so they're used to working in a much more free-form way. They don't want to do it in the, the old school. Yeah, it's also, but also you'd expect highly regulated industry like financial services to go, no, 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 bricks, my data center, bricks and mortar, around it, and that is how I protect it, to financial services people saying, hey man, we need to share this shit. We want to share with our customers. We want to share with our partners. We want to share with our other businesses that we deal with. How do we go about doing this? And that's been a, a huge departure from where banks wouldn't even step outside of their building and give people access standing in the foyer via Wi-Fi. Yeah. So, so that's, it's really been an, an interesting yeah, um, around that. Your side, what's been happening? Well, on a personal note, obviously I had my baby this year, so that's quite a big thing, and I have to put that up at number one. In the consulting space, it's been a very interesting year. This year, really, I've seen the cloud arrive. We've been working with it for a while, but I've had a lot of, you know, legacy systems, clients on legacy stuff. This year specifically, I'm seeing everybody saying like, okay, no, let's... Let's do it. Let's go to the cloud. 
some of that sort of the Microsoft 365 messaging and getting all that stuff together, a lot of it's just sort of confidence in it, right? I always tell people, I ask them, you know, like, how much do you spend on, you know, securing your data store and like making sure all that's proper and your backups and everything. And they're like, oh, as little as I can. And well, Microsoft is spending a ton of money making sure that all the stuff is secure. So how do you measure that metric ton? I don't, I don't. Apparently, there was a group of people, um, Tracy from Escape included, that sat at ESP this year. And she used that verb that you used, right? Metric ton. Well, she talked about the, the F-bomb ton. Yeah. You know, and then, then they started discussing how do you measure that ton. So if you had to go F-bomb load versus F-bomb ton, which is more? And it was a, they Googled it, they checked Urban Dictionary. So do you measure... Uh, a bucket load, is that the load of a truck and how much load goes into a truck versus a metric ton? Um, but yes. I mean, sure. <laughs> and speaking about legacy systems, I challenge you today, right now, and the winner gets something. You've got to think of what work wins. What is the oldest legacy system you touch this year? That's in the, this year, probably a full novel implementation from like 2012. So need to do something. Yeah, shared drives, uh, P-Console, and all this. The, the, whole, the whole spiel. Yeah, doing switching that over to Microsoft. Right. NT4. I have a customer that I saw last week that has a business-critical system running on NT4. That's horrifying. They do not switch that machine off and on again. Because you never know if it's going to come back on again. <laughs> that's horrifying like, in so many ways. Yeah, they've done some P2P things. Around it, and for the most part, they, they kind of can maybe have it running stable somewhere off that physical tree. But yeah, yeah, they, they need a new solution for whatever that thing's going. The last time I touched NT4 was the last time I touched Network as well. So, yes, I think, I think it's, a, it's a draw, it's a shake on it, it's a draw. Novel, 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 love, love Novel, it's great, it's really nice. I've done a lot of Power Apps work this year. Super cool. Like, I'm really digging that platform. And whenever like, you say those, that word, I lead to YouTube to find it. The smallest violin play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really do think, like, a lot of clients are really excited about it, and I really get why. Because the whole idea of uh, forms and workflow for a business, right, is like it's really important for that process automation piece. But it's sort of been stuck. We're talking about legacy systems. It's been stuck in a very legacy mindset. Nintech's much the same as InfoPath. Like one's got more bells and whistles, but they're doing the same basic thing. The way you're... If it ain't broke. Yeah, and to, to a certain extent. So it, it's a traditional way of working, right? You come into work and you sit down and you sit at your computer and you open up the things and you go to your internet and you can access the various things and you can put in your EVE and the whatever, whatever. And up to a point, that's fine and it's great. But what Power Apps does is very much to this new way of work that we've been talking are you, about. Are you, are, are you getting a, are you having nipple stands and you're carrying on about Power Apps? Because that's not what the show is about. It's, it's not cool. the Power Apps show no, no, no. We're, with Roderick Modley. We're doing the year in retrospective. And a large part of my year has been embracing these new tools and actually getting to work with them in like lots of production environments. And it's really cool. Okay, I'm going to step out of this room that we're recording in. You carry on. 
I'll stand by the glass there, and when you're done talking, having this um, very intense evangelical moment with power apps, I'm more than happy to come back and be the co-host of the show. Okay. All right, so power apps was huge. It was huge. huge. It was huge. And like, huge. not huge. huge. And not just that, like, it's like Donald whole, Trump. Huge. It's the whole uh, Office 365 offering, right? I don't know if you've seen it, but this year, really, South African companies have bought well, in. Let's let's step through that periodic table. It's smorgasbord yes. of, of Office 365, not to be confused with Microsoft 365. Yes. Right. So let's start at the top. Productivity. You talk power apps flow. I know we debated and uh, Flowbro and, and Surge, so Dr. Flow. Yeah. I, I had debates about Flow being in Rosary. What's your take now? 12 months down the line. So, in the ideal world, you shouldn't be using Flow for company work process automation. Okay. What you should be using it for is personal automation stuff. And when you get to the company wide stuff, you should be using Logic Apps, okay. right? And Azure Functions and, and that sort of stuff. Right. That, that's the, the true enterprise level. Well, look, if, you, if you're doing inter-application workflow or, or pick a term like a service bus of sorts, yeah. where you've got a data gateway uh, to your on-premises stuff and you've got a logic app connection and you're surfacing it in private, right? Yeah. So that, that's that's the thing. That's that's the best way to do it. You can do a lot of that with Flow. Okay. And it, it does work. It's so you've not, got three seconds. Flow, is it enterprise ready? Yes or no? Partially. All right, great. Power Apps. Talk to me about Power Apps. Power Apps is absolutely enterprise ready. Like, absolutely. You can use for for what it does, for creating an application or a surface layer to a bunch of backend systems, for letting people capture and all of that, to do that once and have it available anywhere your users want to use it, SharePoint, Teams, on the phone, wherever, there is nothing else that provides that capability to anybody. So would you say that we look at a whole bunch of third-party providers, uh, your Nintex, your Skybos, your Webcoms, pick one, yeah. like your K2s, yeah. right? Are you saying that Power Apps, because it's called Power Apps, it's not called Power Forms? Yeah. So I think there's a distinction. There, there, the is, there is absolutely a distinction, and that was, that's what I was talking about a little earlier, right? There's the... Forms is very much the old school way to look at it. Like I've got this paper-based form, I need to make it digital. Cool. But that's not what people expect these days. I don't want a digital form. I want an app. I want to be able to have this thing that does everything I need it to and it looks cool and I can get it wherever I need it and, you know, work 2.0, right? That It's that part of it. And the other guys like the the Nintex and the whoever you want to meet, their forms engines are really good. And you can do a bunch of stuff that is still quite difficult to do in Power Apps. But it doesn't it doesn't have the same capabilities as Power Apps. It's not as dispersal. Okay, moving on. SharePoint. Talk to me about SharePoint. You experienced this year in SharePoint. SharePoint modern sites have been a challenge this year. <laughs> Hub sites really help. They're great. I would love to be able to nest hubs. It'd be really cool. I know there's all sorts of technological challenges in the background. Before hub sites, I don't know how you built an intranet in modern in modern sites. Like I just don't know how you do it. Hub sites. Yeah, but then that's not really the the modern infrastructure and everything. It's not you're not supposed to have sub sites. We know right? that spawn of, spawn of the devil. You should not have sub sites. Yes. 
So like the, the hub sites thing really does mostly mitigate all of that. The level of customization is getting better all the time, right? Over the course of the year, we've seen it improve massively. Um, and stuff coming out now, like uh, custom views that you can do where you can copy-paste JSON and, and makes that right much easier. The citizen developer and Yes, which is awesome because that's sort of <laughs> my happy place. Scary. Um, yeah. Uh, copy-paste from Google and it does things and you walk away and you're not sure what it does, it just works. Yeah. So you, you do want to be sort of confident that you have some idea of what it's doing and it's so, not... So do you think that with this new modern, new retro, new retro, pick a word? Modern. modern. Call, I think the, the messaging is it's modern, yes, modern science. Modern, modern, modern everything. The world's got modern. We've got all these cool new features inside of modern. My favorite one, being able to audience um, yeah. straight out of modern, which is, trust me, is... Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And also specifically the news yeah. channels, yeah. those things together oh, are yeah. so, so powerful. But... but so no longer, safe to say, right, qualify the statement for me, no longer is it an issue. Migrations are non-issue. Traditional migrations are non-issue. Moving from classic to modern is the issue code. Um, yeah, I mean, migration is always an issue, especially moving into the cloud, because what I've found over the course of the year is when you do these sorts of things, there are a lot of, a, a lot of the assets that companies work with are super legacy. They're not even XLSX. Um, and like they installed some plugin six years ago and like a little bit of VBA script. So now all their Excel spreadsheets have like random XML data hidden in it. And SharePoint Online goes like, whoa, bro, I do not like this spreadsheet. And then you've got issues. Okay. Um, stuff like linking, linking different uh, uh, Excel spreadsheets. And there, there, are, there are still very much issues, migration issues in the same way. But I get what you mean, right? Because theoretically, you could say, okay, take the stuff, move it across. But think about there there are new ways to interact with it now. Think, think about your customers that are upgrading, that are still on prem. Yeah. Like 2019, 60, 60 stuff. But it is, except up. Yes. So now they, they're embracing modern. Yeah, I mean, we knew that would happen, right? That's, um, And I think they said there's one more version of SharePoint on-prem coming after this one, no, and it's no. going to be the same thing, right? What it's are they going to add upside side to on-prem? Well, it'll be whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever SharePoint Online gets between now and when the next one comes out will be in the next version, because that's what it is. It's SharePoint 2019 is, okay, well, here's... Right. The stuff you have in SharePoint Online, except so, so undecided. We undecided, but we know that SharePoint is here to stay. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's absolutely there. I think for the foreseeable future, a lot of people will still do some sort of hybrid. They want to still have that. You're talking about our oh, brick and mortar. Yeah. I want this stuff to stay here. And the hybrid functionality is getting a lot better. Like, it's really good. Talk to me about to do planner. I've been using planner quite a lot this year. I like it. It's it's going to do this thing, right? Because you get this thing when, when new apps launch and you get the app and it does exactly what you want. There's like no frills, like there's not like this giant list of capabilities or whatever, but the, for the thing that you want it to do, it's brilliant. It does just that. And that's what Planner is to me at the moment. I want a bunch of tasks that I can assign to people, have it in Kanban board and everybody can move it around. That's what I want. And it's doing that now, and it's really nice. The one thing I would still like is uh, 
proper synchronization into project. But I'm, I'm sure that'll come. Weird. Like it does it a one way sort of. It's not. Okay, it's not. Off. It's not. It's not. It's not fully there yet. But my issue is, at some point, they're going to keep adding features and features and features and features, and it's going to become this big bloated thing. But I've been really enjoying it. I haven't used to do it all. Okay. Have you? When I looked at trying to manage my shopping list, yes. To stay in the Microsoft environment, have all your stuff there. So, so what, I guess. Else, what else is there? Is Dolph? Is Dolph? Is Dolph? Dolph is really cool. Well, you were talking Without about. You were talking about how that targeting functionality in SharePoint so good. That's Dolph, right? Like Dolph is not so much a product to layer underneath. Dolph everything. is not targeting. When I talked about what is targeting, it, it uses the the Dolph functions though, like that that whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole thing is the, is the Dolph API. It's the thing that knows who you are and what you're working no, on and what other people are working on. It comes from identity management Ailey says, I work in Johannesburg. I work in Johannesburg. Let me target this for people that work in Johannesburg. Nothing to do with that. The, the web page you get, Delve? So the analytics side of Delve. It's cool. It's not, uh, it's not exceptional. Like, I don't think it's super necessary. I think it gives you an insight into it how is. much time you spend. It is. And the, the, the stuff it does on the back end, like you go into your OneDrive and like, Here's the relevant documents for you and stuff like that. It's, it's good. I still I don't <laughs> use it myself a lot. I think the AI side of surfacing information that's put into inside of these applications, right? Yeah. I don't know if you're going to look at uh, moving on to the Office Online. Yeah. Okay. Well, even the backstage of the Office Pro Plus license that you get with Office 365 subscription. No, no, yeah. it's a version. It says Office 365 work, right? Yeah. And that holy gravel, um, remember I had a, all the things I didn't know about of the week. Yep. Yeah. You know, docs are knut from Mello, yeah. side product, side project, side product, same, same. But surfacing that data, these are the document templates that you're working with inside of Backstage. Yeah. Backstage. There's a lot of that now. There's a little slider that you can do, become part of an Office Insider. And they'll pump new. Yeah, you get the look and yeah. and all those those cool features. So I don't know if what I'm talking about is available to everyone. It's GA. It's probably just no. It's probably just the inside of program store. But being able to see documents that I worked with and it's great. I work with a document on my desktop PC at home. I open Word. It's there. I don't have to go to OneDrive to find it. It's just there. Things. You open up your Outlook, you say attach file, and it's like, here's the stuff that you were working on. Absolutely. So cool. And then I'll just send you the link, and I can still control that version and oh, whatever. It's, it's really, really... and That uh, seamless end-to-end sort of thing is really, and, really And cool. it's funny because we take it for granted. Right? We take a, a lot of the machine learning and the AI for granted. It's baked into the product. Yeah. When last have you walked into a meeting room and you're having a Skype call, you walking with your machine and someone's in the room with their machine and they're talking and you sit down and you get that echo. I hate it. Teams fixes all of that. Okay. So there's a name for it. I forget forget the name, but it's all about the AI that's baked into the new features or the new telephony features. Like it, it can they can figure out like, oh actually I'm getting feedback. These two people are in the same room, you'd one of them. Yeah. Whatever the case is. Yeah, that's so, really cool. So, so you started on Teams. Well, I'm not getting out of here, Dr. Swan. Okay. I knew you were going to jump. So I want to talk a bit more about, about how rich the experience is in the places that people live. 
you're a big, you were a big proponent or proponent. I can never, there's a word that starts with a P and sounds like proponent. But you've spent a lot of time on Google, right? At Gmail. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I, have you worked with Google Docs? I have. All right. The, 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 the seamless, the ease of use when it comes to uh, collaborating. Right? Yeah. On a document. What is that? Co-authoring. Co-authoring, yeah. I mean, it's been around in, in Google Spreadsheet and you know, other Google Spreadsheet, whatever it's called. Yeah. For years now, Microsoft's now finally got into that stage where it's the user experience inside of Word and Office and Word, Excel and, and PowerPoint online is that you can see who people are, you can see when they're typing. And yeah. and it's also coming down to the, the, desktop. the desktop ones too, which is really cool. That's the that's the ideal. Regardless of where you're working, it just works. All right, I'm done with Office Online for now. Going back to that though, like staying on that rather, like those that little bit still needs a bit of work. To go with it. Yeah, like the disparity of features between your local version and Excel Online oh, and whatever. Like the feature parity. Like I hope it gets more full featured because people still say like. Rrr, doesn't do what I want it to do. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So think about it this way. You buy an Office 365 license, right? And you, there are versions of Office 365 that doesn't ship with a desktop version of Office. Yeah. You just get it in the cloud. And for the majority of stuff you want to do, it's there. Like, it's not all there. But think about it this so way. For most of it's there. From an economy of scale perspective, why would Microsoft ever do that? Well, because then no one's going to buy the desktop version of it. That's fine. They don't want you to buy the desktop version of Office anymore. They want you to pay a subscription. Correct. And in so doing, you can either get a subscription with a downloadable version of Office or use Office Online. If there's a one-to-one feature parity between the two, why would anyone want to work with a document offline? Well, sometimes you're offline. and But moving forward into the future, like I, I get that. I, I get that. But at the moment, like there so are still people like, no, I need it on my machine. Like it, it's a it's a giant tower that sits under my desk. I don't but I, I need it there anyway. So think about it, right? That's a topic of conversation for another yeah. episode. Teams, the biggest Teams. thing that's happened to the Microsoft world in ever. Ever. It's awesome. Like it's really great. I love Teams. I don't I don't remember how I did any work before we had Teams. Like I really don't. Being able to work on projects and having our Teams instance and inviting the clients into our Teams instance and having a team there um, where we can collaborate on that and get the back and forth. It's phenomenal. It is so good. Rolling that out to businesses is quite a challenge. It is a very different way of working. And if you wonder, I've seen client isn't working properly and junk. It can be problematic, especially with that feature parity situation, right? You've got an Excel spreadsheet. You click on it, it opens it in Teams, but you can't do everything with it that you can on the desktop version. You have to say, okay, I'll put it here. Little things like that. But as a collaboration mechanism, it is so good. It is brilliant. You know, you can do video calls in Chrome, but you can't do it in Firefox. Really? Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, you well, should be using Edge anyway, I suppose. That tidbit of information. No, but Edge is gone. They're bringing out the Chromium version of the browser. Sure. But I am purposely going to rename the new browser version. Chromium. I'm going to call it Chrome.exe. And I'm going to run it that way. So Teams, 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 more Teams. I'm tired of Teams. I'm tired of direct routine. I'm tired of Skype. I'm tired of Talk. So much noise. So much noise. I want to see 
and uh, being a site collection administrator when you're part of a team's team in SharePoint from a permission perspective, holy fudge balls. What, what is that? I mean, I love teams. We love in teams, right? Um, I do a lot of things in teams. It's great. There's some more money, more problems. So I'm hoping in the next so two quarters, the next two quarters before uh, Microsoft year ended, yeah. June, July, that what they've said that we're going to change about teams. They will, I don't know how you feel about private channels. Like private chats? No, channels. So okay, channel. Yeah. That would be like being able to do different permissions per channel would be great. I know a lot of people cool. that are not interested in doing that. It would help a lot just in the adoption thing because it's a teams is a very new way of working if you take it into a traditional company and you explain to them okay do you want to work out loud and sharing and whatever and you can have these teams things that's really cool and it's quite easy for them but then when you get down to the conversations of okay who needs access to what and how do you control this stuff it gets a little weird and not being able to in teams say okay i've got my finance department but then this channel is for payroll and only the payroll people have access to payroll. This is, this is the ongoing, stuff like that. This is the ongoing debate around. If I've got a disparate or a, a geographically dispersed organization and I've got top-level group, you know, like you have yeah. group HR, you have group sure. A, and then in each branch, you've got its own subset. It's very difficult to... Play. To manage that in teams. It really is. It really well, like is. I like putting up a team for so you like Teams, I like Teams. I think the official word is that Teams is great, except an Electron app is a bit sucky. So I've got a question for you. you know, we've got Teams and it creates a SharePoint site and we've got modern sites and everything's a site collection and um, all the documents and stuff. And I don't know about you, but I don't get the feeling that we as an industry have really come to terms with what the information architecture for these yeah. things should really be. It's a great question, great question. So my question is, like, we'll probably have a future show where we discuss sort of what we think, where it's going. But if I had to ask you now, nail you on the spot, how long do you think it'll take before we get to the point where you can say, okay, this is how you're supposed to deal with it? From a methodology perspective. Yeah. Until they fix the backend. And I'm not talking about site collection and administrative access. There's a lot more that goes into Like a perfect example is, programmatically, you can't add a tab to a team. Yeah. It's not yeah. a bad Programmatically, adding a team is a whole mission by itself. Um, there are some commandlets in the API as an end. There's a lot of work that Microsoft has to do on being able to take track-based information management and add information architecture to it. Because right now it doesn't exist. It's just free. Right it's, it's, so, it's so at the moment, like until, it, until that gets done, it's an infinite amount of time away. There's just Right no now it is, if you want to work out log, so teams could be Yammer 2.0, everyone's going to hate me for saying that. But... Working out like like chat based information management two years ago. Yeah. Last year's exam we started talking about. But we even had the two guys in Chiburg show that you could yeah, dive into and what was the, the theme? Chat based information management. That's what we had today. But now your question. Teams is great for having what I call informal collaboration. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Informal collaboration around tasks and projects and all of those things. How do you communicate better in the organization and you bring those silos of expertise together, the chat yeah. silos together, right? And being able to do a lot of collaboration in this space. If I want to create a document or a video, I've got this tool called Teams that allows me to create freely and express freely. But traditionalists and call it ECM, call it content services, doesn't matter. Same, the same thing, yeah. 
being able to transpose that across the teams, not there. Not there. Cool. The methodology would come, will come, exactly what you've asked for. Very regimented structure, hierarchical, function-based, how do we create these teams? You see a methodology, like we used to do when we were building frames. There's a methodology, clear cut. There's no cookie-cutter for teams yet. It's the cookie-cutter doesn't exist for teams. Nobody's come up with the Sadelet von Buren's version of how to do uh, maturity assessments. Yeah. You know, and it's not there. There's about five things that teams need, and I'm hoping that they're all going to build it out. That will, you'll start seeing that. I mean, these best practices. Uh, for a very good friend of mine, Melissa Hubbard, who will be on our show, uh, that she wrote a, a team's book with, not Matt Wade, with, with Matthew Bay on a team's guidance. There's a team's best practices book now. I think it's O'Reilly or Riley or one of those yeah. A-Press people. It's a book, and, and this is the first the first attempt of let's try bring the order to chaos. Teams, in, the team, in Teams' current manifestation. So, not that we have versioning. All right, so Teams is the next thing since last week, and it will impress me nice. when they fix those things. Yeah. All right, so what's left? There's nothing left. There's nothing left. There is Yammer. One more thing. Let's talk about Yammer. Yeah, is Yammer still a thing? Well, you can't switch off animated GIFs in Yammer, but you can moderate it and switch it off inside of Teams. So, guess who gets my vote? Yeah. All right, so um, there is one more. What? Kazala. The hidden gem. The hidden gem. So, yeah. right, so the, the way I see it, right? It's huge. The, the way I see Kazala is Power Apps pushed all this collaboration, productivity, functionality, like to people's devices, right? You do it anywhere, like proper amplification. Kazala is doing that same push, but to frontline workers, mechanics, uh, drivers, whatever the case is. They don't need an O365 subscription and they can still participate in the same ecosystem, which is phenomenal. Oh, we've spoken about really cool uh, first-line, front-line worker business cases for Gazala. I think Gazala is a, a hidden gem. Um, I, I also think that it's not just earmarked for emerging markets because that's where it started, Gazala, yeah. Indian word for uh, WhatsApp. What's that? Yeah. And we've got some really cool business cases for using Gazala for front-line work. Think as all the stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you can do that. Yeah. You can see them all together and like, ah, oh, so good. I think about where these where pipes flow, or not so much pipes flow. Flow was, hey, IFTTT is doing really cool shit. It's a great flow. And then flow grew into the almost adult that it is today. Hey, Slack is taking over our DevOps. Let's create teams. And all yeah. of a sudden, teams becomes the new way of work. So there is some science behind Microsoft's approach. Same with Kaizala now. Yeah. No longer are they plagued with the remnants of creating a browserable internet explorer. Their product that they built has been successful. And I like as well. There's a lot of noise, a lot of noise. The thing is, you put a thousand plus people into a group and you go to a conference and you can literally watch the number of posts come through runs. Yes, but you can also set those up so that only mods or whatever can post and stuff. But I've done a lot of things. The largest form of flattery, I suppose. Think Slack teams, yeah. IFTTT, Flow, and then think WhatsApp and Kazala. Yeah. Uh, is that it, Mr. Bodden, or did I answer you? I think that's it. Do you um, have anything else? Well, this stuff there was like one more you this, said? this stuff. Stream. Stream, yes. Ah, stream. Okay, so I don't yet have a client that has so much video assets that you need stream. Well, forget video assets. Thinking about, think about recording. Because we never talk about the Skype side of things. 
Yes, and in Teams as well. That is true. You can record um, the conference calls and whatever, and they go in the stream. That is super powerful. That is, you, you are quite right. We need to dedicate a show to talking about the back end of Office 365, not the front end. Because everything we spoke about now is front end. Yeah. All right. I think that's, we've run through all the exciting stuff we, we have. We, we found in the year. Front end exciting stuff. Front end we'll exciting We'll do back end exciting stuff at the beginning of next year. Okay. Fantastic. What to expect from the back end of Office 365. Nice. So, um, to all our listeners, thank you very much for joining us. If you would like to find us online, you can find our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at oddmodlin, at L is. At You can also find us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Stitcher, TuneIn, Big One, Port, Pocket Cast. We are everywhere. So please do check us out there and tell a friend to join us. And we will see you guys all next year. I'm going to hijack the last bit of this and wishing all our listeners a very happy festive season. Please come back. Don't do anything stupid. If you are doing something stupid, take pictures and hashtag 2GAS on Twitter. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.